All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we are two friends who met over in South Korea, bonded over our love for horror movies, and we meet every so often to dissect, dismember, and discuss a horror movie of our discretion. Hey, that's another D word I added on there. Uh, So today's movie of the week is going to be 2015's The Final Girls. But before we do that, Andrew, how's life? How are things going? You know, things are going pretty good. I'm uh, I'm about to leave my job soon, so I have another week and a half or so to do so uh, before I do that. And I'm looking forward to it. It's also really warm here. I don't know know what it's like where you are, but it's like now 54 degrees. Oh my God, in North Carolina, it's so warm. But I have not gone outside all week because I have been modifying and adding to my office. I currently have three monitors right now, which is uh, probably two more than what you currently have. Facts. So I am enjoying this process three times as much, basically. Whoa, whoa. And it's I, pretty cool. I'm enjoying my process of sitting on my floor with a computer on my bed and a microphone hooked up to a chair very much. <sighs> I remember when I did that in my college days. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's dorm room living. Oh, man. Except there was like a really, really uncomfortable chair, and that's how that goes. But yeah, no, it's been fun, my little quarantine projects. I have not been traveling for work. Um, I usually travel for work, but I have not been, so I decided to take it upon myself. You know, most guys were just like, hey, I'm going to make sourdough bread. I was just like, I'm going to upgrade my office, and that's exactly what I did. And it's... Uh, Pretty cool, pretty inspired now. Um, I did get some color-changing LED lights, which are really, really cool. So it's nice to, you know, kind of like, this is work mode. This is waking up mode. Ooh, like this that. is gaming mode. So it's really cool. So I am enjoying it. But I will be traveling again next week and the weeks after that and after that and after that. So unfortunately, I won't have time to enjoy my computer as much as I can. But that's okay. Because there's a whole wide world out there. It's all right. Taco will will enjoy it. Yes, my cat Taco will very much enjoy it because he is going to have my neighbors and my girlfriend stop over every so often and play with him, and he is going to much enjoy the attention. (laughs) Yep. So that's that. There was something else I wanted to talk about, too. Oh, yeah, I got my vaccine. You did? What? I did. Yes, I got the second shot uh, two days ago, so I am all fully vaccinated. How'd that go for you? Very excited about that. It went fine. Um, I had a little bit of a headache um, the couple hours afterwards, and then I woke up the following morning a little bit nauseated. So either that was an after effect or I'm pregnant. One of the two. We'll find out. You got to do a gender reveal. Burn down half a forest. That's true. I got to do that. It's really important. But yeah, otherwise, uh, life's been good. I'm really, really happy that I've got fully vaccinated before I start traveling for work again because I do work in a lot of hospitals all that good stuff, but it is what it is. So See, yeah, j- just as I decided to leave my profession, which is currently teaching, uh, the governor decided to open up uh, vaccines to teachers, and I'm like, morally, even though I could technically do it the next two weeks, I'm like morally, I need to leave those vaccines for the teachers who are going to stay in the profession, and I will mm-hmm. get mine when that comes out. But I'm also like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, good on you. You know, it'll be quick. It'll it'll come faster than you expect. I think. Well, yeah, it seems like they're going to finish vaccinating teachers. They hope by the end of the month, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Or at least get the first vaccine in. Um, which is literally just a, the preamble to them saying that you're going to shove all students in the classes. 
Uh, yeah. Because they still don't quite understand that um, just because you're vaccinated does not mean you cannot spread the disease. Um, so kids are still going to be being sent home with their parents who are not prioritized after mingling with other kids. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Precautions cool. be damned. Precautions be damned. Yeah, North Carolina just voted today to open up back, back, uh, schools back up. And again, I am very, very happy I'm not in public education anymore. Yeah. And you are too Ooh. in a week and a half. I'm Ooh. so pumped. And actually, I think they just fired yeah. somebody to replace me. Like, I, I have like guilt about leaving so much that like I end, up, I end up staying for an extra week. I more or less gave, gave them a month's notice in the end because uh, I want to make sure they can find somebody to replace me. Um, and mm-hmm. they've got somebody. So like that, that um, you know, guilt is off my back now, which is great. That's great. Awesome, awesome. So uh, let's get into today's movie, which is, once again, 2015's The Final Girls, not to be confused with Final Girl. Um, this is the Tyler Strauss-Skolson-directed movie. It released, again, in 2015. It's got a 73% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.6 on IMDb, Rob. as much as we put in there. I know. Uh <laughs> So, Andrew, this was your movie suggestion, so I'm going to have you introduce it. Go right ahead. Yeah. uh, So, I I shouldn't think I heard actually I first heard about this movie on a horror podcast. Um, I think it was actually called the Horror Movie Podcast. It's not defunct now, but the hosts have changed. I don't know if it's good. I listened to it back in like 2015, um, so it's a little bit older uh, of a podcast, but it's great if you guys have the time to listen to it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the the guy who started actually has a new one called I think Considering Cinema, um, I believe, but I I haven't listened to it in a little bit. Um, but that's when I first heard about it. They mentioned it. Um, and I had actually hunted it down, and I accidentally watched the movie The Final Girl instead, um, starring uh, one of the – Abigail Braslin, I think her name is, uh, which is really weird because I didn't remember watching her growing up. And so seeing her as, like, an adult in a movie was kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. So I accidentally watched that first. Uh, but then I eventually realized that this was not the movie they were describing. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, which I'm sure you were not the only one. Oh no! It, they, I think they came out the same year, and they have one of the same actors. Uh, our male lead in this movie is the male antagonist in that film. So it's it's really weird how that happened. Um, but you know, it's a pretty good movie. It's it's definitely more artsy than this one is. Um, but mm-hmm. no, I I saw this movie and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, so when we're talking about movies to watch, I was like, oh, this is a great one. I feel like a lot of people don't know about it, which is surprising to me. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So basically, this movie kind of plays on the trope of the final girl, you know, the Laurie Strode, um, Ellen Ripley, that sort of thing, where it's the final girl who survives the horror movies, and she's ultimately the one that brings down whatever antagonist is stalking and murdering all of her most likely friends at that point. Um, So it kind of plays on those tropes a little bit. It is a more of a horror comedy than anything else like it's definitely not scary at all um and it's more a loving homage to horror movies especially friday the 13th it plays a lot of um tribute to yeah yeah so uh oh god i can never pronounce her name uh tisa tessa 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 Framinga is going is the main character um who is actually the sister of Vera, Vera yep, yep. Uh, who is another scream queen out there as well. She's one of the protagonists of the Conjuring films, and uh, Tisa is also in here as well, and I did not know that. I remember seeing her in An American Horror Story the first and third seasons, and I did enjoy her acting, um, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen her in much else. No, I think she was in this. She was in The Nun. Um, she was in... Which, I, I, uh, you know, again, it's great that she's in The Nun, because a lot of us theorists out there were theorizing that she would... Uh, because she's her sister that maybe oh she's like the past connection to um the warrens in the future of the conjuring but that was not the case um 
yeah i keep saying i've seen her a couple things i know she played like the daughter of somebody in a movie once but that's that's my best description i can give you Mm -hmm. yeah no she does a great job here um and then vera is fantastic as well so i i'm really excited to see where these two sisters are going to go in the horror movie genre because that seems like the niche they're going to stick into Mm -hmm. but the premise of final girls is at its heart is kind of a mother daughter bonding sort of thing Mm -hmm. and this is where i felt oh by the way too before we get started uh this is actually our second attempt at recording this episode uh because one of us um started recording and the audio did not come through so we decided either we were going to mst3k this thing and kind of dub the audio over or just re-record it all together and uh that person who was that andrew uh you know i think it might be uh dan i think his name is yeah yeah it was that dude so my bad everyone uh we're gonna be retreading some stuff we've already talked about hopefully we can give a little bit new insight on that front but anyway let's get to it and just to guess so now, yeah, all, all the jokes that he, dan makes are clearly mine that he stole from my first go through <laughs> just just pass tossing that out there. Any, any great jokes that they were mine clearly you know it, it's fair i do use jokes all the time i'm the type of person who thinks up a good joke and i was just like hey that was a really good joke i should tell it again to all of my friends <laughs> so i would like tell it to my girlfriend and she would be like dan you told that joke to me three times already and i was just like did i oh yeah i should really like write a list or a check off or something like that speaking of that yeah. actually we had a student recently who got angry because um students mentioned that he made the same joke over and over again uh and the teacher asked him like but do you he's like yeah i do but because <laughs> he's like he was angry so that somebody told him that like you made that joke like three times before and he was like got really angry about it and they had to pull him aside and they asked him about it he's like, he's like i did make that joke like eight times <laughs> like, so they're like so like what are you angry about exactly and he's like uh i don't, I don't know so, <laughs> yeah. no, that uh, but i will yeah, no, the only joke I will pull over and over and over and over and over again intentionally is the, hi, tired, I'm dad. I, I do that all I the do time. I my students and, all the time. Yes, <laughs> it's I, so bad. It's so terrible. I love it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyway, Final Girls. Um, so, again, it's a horror comedy um, starring uh, Tisa Formiga. And then also Malin Ackerman uh, plays her mother. And the best way to describe how this movie kind of proceeds is it starts off with a failed audition. Um, So our main character, her name is Max, and her mother is Amanda. Max is a teenager. She's waiting outside as um, her mother is trying to be a movie actress, a superstar. And her mother did play a role in a movie called Camp Bloodbath way back in the 80s. And that's kind of been her only quote unquote hits. And she never really had even had a big role in that movie. Mm -hmm. But that's something that all the casting directors know her for. Long story short, after another failed audition, we get a little bit of bonding moment. It seems like the mom is a little bit of a fuck up, but she's really, really trying to do best by her daughter. And her daughter does love her very much. But unfortunately, there's a car accident. Mom dies. And the whole movie is max kind of dealing with that death of the mother because not only does everyone know her mom well not everyone knows her mom but everyone knows this camp bloodbath series and she runs into a group of friends who are really really into it and they decide to go to a midnight screen together and invite max because she's related to one of the uh, actresses 
their fire pressure breaks out in the theater and they actually escape into the screen itself and are transported into the movie Camp Bloodbath, which is kind of this Friday the 13th scenario. Hmm. So that's the setup. What would happen if you were transported into a horror movie? And then as it goes on, Max meets her mom, who's portraying this character in the movie, and she overcomes some past trauma based on that. So yeah, that's kind of the setup. At the core of the film is really the mother-daughter relationship. Um, ultimately, though, overall, Andrew, what did you think of this movie? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love this movie. I think it's amazing. I and like not even like you know, I, obviously, I'm, like, I'm a huge slasher fan. Like I've, I'm like one of those guys who watches all of this, all of the series and stuff. So like I appreciate the tropes, but more than that, I just appreciate the mother-daughter story. That I think like I don't know for me, I'm always like a big schmooze. Like any like any like emotional relationship or kind of connection story that kind of can be thrown or interjected into a genre film to me is amazing because it's like just going beyond the genre and i think this movie does it perfectly and like mm-hmm. not gonna lie like you know as you and i have joked before like you know the the sad, saddest strip scene in the world or like strip dance, <laughs> like and like literally like i i'm pretty sure the first time i watched this i cried a little bit like it yeah. was it's it great no, I, I agree with you there. Personally, me, I liked it. I didn't love it, but it was so much of a better film than it ha- it could have been because they put that emotional angle on there of Max trying to bond with her fictional mother at this point inside the movie and using that to let go of her past traumas and overcome them as much as possible or at the very least get some semblance of closure mm-hmm. uh, without that the movie just would not have worked it would have been a string of very very loosely horror cliches um, loosely related horror cliches that kind of just went from one to another so yeah i'm really glad that that was the glue that held the movie together yeah no i, I agree yeah yeah any standout scenes or characters well, uh, yeah, with the top of the cast. Like, yeah, like, so what, first, you know, what do you think about Max? What do you think about, uh, you know, I, I suppose Max first. What, what, what do you think about her character? Um, she was good. I mean, she starts off as, like, the responsible one. You can clearly see that um, in the opening scene when they're driving from the failed audition. She's the one that's talking about, oh, we should pay the bills or that sort of thing. You know, hey, mom, come on, you know, be an adult for once, that sort of thing. So she's definitely strikes me as a character who just needs to grow up because that's what she has to do to survive in this world. And she does. She's the responsible one, that sort of thing. So I I, I didn't mind Max. I think her chemistry with Nancy was really good. It was very believable as that mother-daughter duo. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. Like I think their chemistry trounces like anything else in the movie, really. Like I, I think if, if they didn't have that chemistry, I think that movie this movie would actually probably be fucking terrible. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, you know, like I, you, you know, we've probably we've all both seen a bunch of like Hallmark and shitty movies like that. Like and just like general movies, like the Blumhouse kind of ones that are turned out every five minutes. Like it, you know, it's, it's important that, that for a lot of these stories that the character chemistry works. And I think this is one of those movies that's really blessed by it. It's like. I don't know, I, I could have I can't like imagine other actors and actresses doing this as well. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Like I'm trying I'm trying to think of another movie that blessed. does as good of a thing with it. And I really can't I think this could be come off as really cheesy and stupid. And I think this like could have come off as really fucking dumb. And like, mm-hmm. the, the actors and like, the characters the way they're written which, would just work perfectly. Yeah. And I, it, it does seem like one of those parodies where a lot of love was put into the detail of Camp Bloodbath. Like, it, it seemed like the writers and the directors really, really cared about the genre. And they put a lot of little references in here and there. They understood what they were parodying. And it was more of a homage and a Galaxy Quest style parody instead of a mean-spirited parody. Yeah, I mean, and that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, like it, it's, it's much more like, I think that, like, I feel like effective parodies 
use the trappings of the genre or use the film that they're parodying as a vehicle to tell another story. And I think that's what this one did really effectively. While like Scream and shit, like not Scream, sorry, Scream, Scream did that effectively as well. Um, but like uh, Scary Movie in them, uh, mm-hmm. like they they definitely like they use the homage, use the uh, parody just for the sake of the parody. And I think that's kind of where those why those movies are kind of so forgettable. Like they're they're great for one liners, but like the story and like the characters, nobody gives a shit about. You know? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's, a, it's like the Ready Player One of parody movies. It's just like remember, uh, you know, the Nike commercial with a uh, basketball. Remember the uh, Was Up commercial. That sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will say, Scary Movie Three is legit. It's Yo, really damn no, good. Dude, scary, I love that. Scary Movie Three is fucking like that's the first one I ever saw, and that was one I loved. And I watched the other ones, and I was like, why, why aren't these as good? Because it's like I think like Scary Movie Three is where they is where they stopped the potty humor to a degree. Mm-hmm. I but completely it didn't agree. go completely over the line with Family Guy humor. It was that nice like, yeah. middle line, and then everything else is one or the other. Well, it was written by the Zucker brothers, who did uh, Airplane and some other stuff too. Oh, so, uh-huh. yeah, but Scary it, Movie it, Three. Yeah, the, I'm sorry, not the Zucker. Um, the Wayne's brothers yeah. did the first two movies, and then Zucker did the third one. Um, so he like massive parody background. Oh, thank God. Okay. Anyway, anyway, no, no. back to Final Girls. Good to know. But yeah, so yeah, so yeah. Max is a great character. Um, what do you think of the other cast? Like, I, I, I know that when we first recorded this, I had my, my uh, going off on. Um, I can't remember her name now. My favorite character in this fucking movie. Uh, crap, what was her name? Tina. Tina. Yeah, how fucking great was Tina? It Tina? <laughs> Tina? No, it wasn't Tina. No, fucking not Tina. Vicky. Paula. Vicky. 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 Was the Vicky. Best character. But we'll talk about mm-hmm. her later. But um, <laughs> what do you think of the boyfriend who I still don't know the name of in either of the movies he was in? And uh, so I don't even remember the name of the boyfriend. Alex? I thought Chris? he was just there. Chris? Alex. Chris sounds right. Chris or Alex. Yeah. I'm going to say it's one of those two. He has a right well, name. the actor is Alex, according to Wikipedia, and the character is Chris. Oh, so God, you're right on both I'm fronts. So nice. <laughs> I was going to talk about how forgettable yeah. he was, but apparently I remembered his name. <laughs> that is one thing where I think the movie faltered, is I don't think it really needed a love story in there. Mm-hmm. It really, really didn't. Um, and they had no chemistry. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel Max's relationship with, his, with her mother was dimensional enough, multidimensional enough. They didn't need to shoehorn that in. Nah, I completely agree. Like, and honestly, like, I, I don't know if it's him or the writing, but like his presence, I'm thinking in that Final Girls movie where he was the villain, wasn't super great. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it didn't help the fact that he, the romance was shoved. Like, actually, I'd recently just finished a novel, um, Alien Echo, which is the young adult aliens novel that was written uh, mm-hmm. it's meant it's, it's like literally it's like a ya book the first ya alien novel and it's fucking great um mm-hmm. but what they do try to shove in is romance um and it's similar to this where the relationship is really about the sister and her twin um but there is a romance between uh, one of the sisters and her girlfriend and like it's really awkward when they keep referencing back to it in the middle of story elements and that's kind of how i felt about this movie like every time chris slash alex was kind of brought up and he was there i was like this is slowing shit down um, mm-hmm. And he's also, as, as you know, as you, as you know, my opinion, he's an abysmal character because he decides to fucking put Eminem's in popcorn, which is the stupidest <laughs> fucking thing. Um, and, and the original one, I went on a rant on this, but story short, I have watched it multiple <laughs> times and multiple times. We have to, we have to talk about this. Like it's, it's we, we we have to spend five minutes talking about Eminem's and popcorn. We fucking Go do. For it, it's please. fucking terrible. It's a bad idea. It doesn't work. All right. So he describes, and th- th- this is my pet peeve of this movie, if anything's wrong with this movie. He fucking describes putting M&Ms in popcorn as a surprise. And it's like, oh my god, you don't know what you're going to get. And what you know what you're going to get fucking get is you're going to get a fucking popcorn and you're going to have a fucking bunch of M&Ms at the bottom because it doesn't fucking work. Um, just so you guys know. Uh, it doesn't work. It's stupid. It's dumb. Um, so popcorn plus M&Ms is dumb. But what about popcorns plus M&Ms plus Reese's Pieces? 
also dumb because you just have M&M's and Reese's Pieces at the bottom. However, if you throw some Skittles in there, you have you have a great <laughs> surprise at the bottom. Um, and actually, I, I tried to. I've been memeing Dan about Dan about this ever since we had our first episode. <laughs> before we realized, shut the fuck up about it. Uh, I love it. And like this woman was like, "There's a YouTube video of a woman like how to make popcorn M and M's because you fucking need a video on how to do this." And you're like, "Why would you need a video on how to do this? Just fucking pour M and M's over popcorn?" But no, it doesn't work. So she has to make a video, and literally, it is a video of a woman delicately like with fucking tweezers placing m&ms on fucking popcorn because it will just fall through otherwise and she's like oh this looks great doesn't it look so pretty and it's like yeah okay cool but like stupid yeah so basically we need a meme of andrew right now of drake from hotline bling and he goes m&ms plus popcorn and then he's got Mm-mm-mm. and then m&ms plus skittles plus plus reese's pieces and then it's Drake giving the thumbs up yep. or having that smile on his face it, that that's it's kind of the meme i'm envisioning right now if, if you guys want that surprise please do that like i i went and did it after our discussion because i missed it so much so go get some reese's pieces m&ms and some skittles mix that shit up delicious even actually no, Lindsay hated it but <laughs> <laughs> I, I put it in a jar and put it in our cupboard and uh, she found it and was like what why the fuck did you do this and you're just like try it trust me and she tries it and she's just like why the fuck do you do this yep. <laughs> i love it I love it's it. great um and fucking chris is an idiot um but so you know like, but you know who's not an idiot in this in this film um is the character of vicky um and so again the, the characters max and her mom make this great but also vicky makes this great um because yeah again we haven't really talked much about the premise but you know again the, the premise is very simple they're in a in a horror movie there's a killer on the loose her mom is more or less destined to die, and Max is fighting against that. Um, but okay. you know, along with that, we we have this character Vicky, and Vicky is a stereotypical bitch character. Um, she shows up. She's trying to take Chris slash Alex from Max, um, and you know she, she like comes with this guy and then, like abandons him. Um, which at the end, I'm kind of wondering if she did abandon him or if he actually did have to leave because he was just like not a fan. Because um, it it seemed would jive better with the character that we kind of meet later on in the story. Um, but basically. You know, she she's the rival, the love rival. Um, but we also learned that she's kind of was Max's best friend prior to her mom dying. Um, and, w- like, it's such, like, a about face, but in, like, a good way. Like, it's such, like, I think one of the biggest reveals of this is her as a character because she goes from being this bitchy character, um, again, in every fucking 80s movie, to kind of opening up and um, talking to Max and our crew about how, like, she used to be Max's best friend. And then when Max's mother died her kind of depression that she went through had her withdraw from everybody and Vicky wasn't able to like access her. Uh, mm-hmm. So like their friendship died as a result of, you know, like Max's, you know, sadness and grieving over her mother and how that affected the people around her. Um, and I thought that was like a really nice thing and like really surprising for a movie like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I felt like it would be, have been really, really easy to villainize this character and kind of, play the toxic female friendship angle but they didn't like vicky's reasonings for growing apart from max are valid and um i, I did really like how they brought that yeah well like and even mm-hmm. and there's that great scene where like she recognizes that she's kind of the villain like uh, there, there's a scene where they're all talking and again like this, the, the characters in this movie aren't idiots i feel like in a lot of these movies we see um these characters who go into this you know fictional situation that theoretically their culture and their, like the cultural zeitgeist guys like they know of like, like like if we popped into a zombie movie right now we would know the rules at least or the basic rules you know we would know like don't go out alone you know don't go walk up to the person who's coughing on the ground and falling over like there's a bunch of ideas that we know always double tap do cardio blah 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 blah, blah. yeah exactly like, you know the, the, these characters are like they're like you know they're more or less horror fans like obviously vicky's not as much of one but she like appreciates that like the culture of it and she's been inundated with it enough um mm-hmm. 
and it, it's great like she, she mentions at one point she's like you know like i'm the bitchy character who and i've you know it's the third act so like i've outlived my my story because she knows she identifies that yeah she's been kind of a bitch to max and that is her in the story um yeah and it's a really sad scene because she's just like you know i'm the bitch character i'm that stereotype that means i'm going to die a very very gruesome death and she's basically resigning herself to that and it's a really sad scene no it's 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 so sad it's so good though but yeah it's really good are there any other characters who stood out to you i mean like i did like duncan i thought and i think you mentioned this last time they used him just the right amount. He's the nerdy brother friend who is way, way, way too obsessed with these camp bloodbath movies. And he's actually the person who asks Max to come along. So ultimately, this is kind of his fault. He's the catalyst of it all. Um, but the entire time during the beginning of the movie, he's saying, oh, this is what we do now, or this is what happens next in the movie, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Middleditch plays him, which uh, he was the main character of Silicon Valley. And I, I really like him. I think he's just fascinating to watch and uh he plays the role really well mm-hmm. but thankfully they take him out of the story relatively early on so it ups the stakes a little bit and it's not just him leaving the group through the rest of the prison to the thing so i agree that the other character i really really like is adam divine yeah, as boom. kurt he's so good he's so good so he's the dumb jock that just wants to bang everything over and over and over again and they basically um take that dial and turn it up to 11 uh he is just constantly making flirt terrible terrible flirtation jokes um making references to sex and banging all over uh and he's just a piece of shit too like over and over again he's also a huge homophobe which the movie plays with a little bit Mm. i'm trying to find the one he says to chris well Uh, well, we find that like and the way to kind of contextualize his characters is like you know our main cast are are people from the real world quote unquote come into this come into this world and in this world you know the characters are developed as much as the script develops them so everybody's more or less locked into their roles. so the girl tina who has sex all the time that is her drive the girl um like her mom is like the good kind of homely girl and that's her character and like there's like the there's the hipster kid and then um adam divine's character like he is literally the fucking like the pig-headed sex guy in all these movies and like the fun thing about it is like you know they work in these movies in small doses but it's the idea that like these characters can't break this character so like he (laughs) he never becomes a normal person because he can't because that's how he's written and it's like it's that kind of thing with i think is amazing like it's not only is like are we writing this character like obnoxiously over the top but also like oh it makes sense because like that's all he ever is in the movie so he has yeah, you know, he can't he's not rounded at all and he can't be rounded mm-hmm. yeah no he uh the, the quote is literally what are you a, a homophobic slur and then chris goes well my dads are gay so shut the hell up and then he goes yeah right gay guys can't have kids they're too busy going to discos and having sex with each other it's actually a pretty cool lifestyle and like there's that moment of huh wait a second maybe my beliefs are wrong <laughs> but it's it just again he's just portrayed as this idiot throughout the entire thing and they don't stray away from that and i love that well i love it too uh-huh. like at, um when like and like because he's that character like they they know like uh like because he's that character and the characters know he's that character like they go up to him at one point and uh i forget what he what he calls what does he call vicky like pillow bags or something or like he's just like fun bags, fun bags. He calls it, and she's like wow what the fuck is she's like i'm gonna fucking kick your ass and then like uh um duncan no doug was duncan uh Silicon Valley guy comes up and he's just like, like you know he's like just hit me with the zinger like like he, like he basically like wants him to like play this character and tries to play up this character so much just because like uh-huh. that, that he can't avoid it it's it's awesome yeah <laughs> and even like they even kind of like highlight the ridiculousness of the situation because at one point they're like hey can we borrow your van he like takes his keys out and tosses them into the grass <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> go like good luck and like why would you those are your keys why would you do that like <laughs> theoretically in your head you're gonna leave at some point right <laughs> 
Yeah. So uh, what about Tina? Tina's fucking great. Tina's great too. Yeah, Tina, Tina, like again, Tina is that character. Tina is like our childish like sex fiend that we meet in all these movies who is just like all you know, always wants sex. Who's that Christian who's who plays um Marty's dad in um Christian Glover? Christian Glover. It's like him in uh Christian Glover in uh is it the final Friday? Friday the part four, where he's just like constantly trying to have sex with people <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. basically that character and it's and again she can't it's, it's again it's, it's slightly tragic because she can't break out of it and it's yeah but it, i mean it's... they literally have to resort at one point um to prevent her from you know doing a striptease and having sex with other people they literally have to prevent her by like taping her up to a life vest and putting other mitts on her hand and stuff like that it's it's ridiculous but again it's kind of sad too because these are the stereotypes that these characters kind of put on themselves in or not put themselves in but the way they were written and they can't break out of that mold mm-hmm. which is what they are in the old horror movies so yeah and i think and then, like that kind of ties into the tragedy of her mother's character um and like kind of the main heart of the story because you know the, the aside from max losing her mom in this story her mom you know max doesn't tell her Max never tells her officially that she's her daughter. Uh, she kind of implies it at one point, but never really says it. And in the story, Max's mom is that she's the homely character who gets killed when she after she first has sex. Like she, yes. she's like she's a minor character. She's not a she's not the main character. The final she's not the final girl. And as a result, like that's her personality. Her personality is that she's an insignificant person essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. She's like the homely, insignificant character. And like her trying to break out of that is a lot of the movie. It, it's this idea that like of max coming to terms with the fact that this isn't actually her mom and that like yeah but she also has these motherly aspects to her mm-hmm. um, and i think that like i, I think like again i like keep saying it, it's like it's, it's the tragedy of these characters that that's who they are and like even the funny characters like kurt like it's just this like they can't escape who they are and max desperately wants her mom to mm-hmm. and like even though yeah. the movie will not allow her to <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah definitely because that's one of the big cruxes of the conflict in this movie is max really wants to find a way to let her mother survive but ultimately you know she's still a fictional character and there's no way they can make it out so that's that mm-hmm. um yeah let's see what else do we want to talk about when i first heard this movie i honestly it kind of threw me for a loop because for some reason i thought this movie was about a bunch of final girls from other alternate movies kind of coming together in a different movie, like an Ellen stereotype, a Ripley stereotype, a, uh, you know, Laurie Strode stereotype, uh, blah, 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 stereotype all the way through. And then them kind of meshing up and figuring out a way together to defeat whatever antagonist was there. So that threw me for a loop. I, admittedly, I think there is a book like that. Um, I can't remember. I think there's also a movie like that as well. Uh, so I bet back in my days of literally watching any horror movie I could watch, there might be one called Final Girls, another film called that, that, that is the same. I, there is one, there's a movie about, and also a novel, cause I, I listened to the audiobook at one point. I, I, I just absorb horror shit. And a lot of times it's just kind of in one ear <laughs> or the other. Like it's, it was when I had to shut out a subscription, I like literally just watched random ass movies all the fucking time. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, like there's a movie that actually is like that. Um, but it, it's not like, it's not any name characters, any specific stereotypes, but just like relating to the idea. I think one is where a girl, uh, gets, you know, is a survivor of a murderer and then she ends up kind of going to like a, like a victim support unit essentially. And all these other girls are similar to that. And then like they end up getting harassed by a killer and you can probably guess how the ending goes, but, um, yeah, mm-hmm. That, that 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 does exist and there there's a novel and there is a film of it um but it's not very good so don't watch it <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks of, of all the final girl things to watch this is this is the best I'm just, yep as, as a connoisseur apparently of those types of films with that name uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, that, that, 
I do like the concept though. Like I feel like you know, I think an Expendables Final Girl movie that'd be fucking sick. Uh, actually- <laughs> yeah, it's basically what I had in my mind. It was just like the Expendables version of Final Girl, or the horror movie version of the Expendables. Maybe they can get um, who who who's that actor? Mark Patton in on it. Uh, no, it's Chris Patton or Mark Patton. Fuck. One of them is a voice actor for anime. One of them is an actor from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. I think it's Mark Patton. I think Chris Patton's the yeah. Chris Patton's the voice actor. So Mark Patton, uh, he did he played. Um, can't even remember his name right now, uh, but he's the he's the main male uh, protagonist in um, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, and he's uh, people kind of call him as the first male screen queen or the first final girl who's a boy, kind of thing. Um, so I think that'd be funny to put him in there <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. They, they actually made a documentary of it, I think, called Scream Queen or something about him. Um, side note. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like so so for you, did you find that the what do we what do you call it the conceit or the the premise of the film do you find that like the meta of it worked for you or did do you ever feel were there any times where you felt you got knocked out of the meta like the you got unsutured from the film as a result of the meta that was going on not really because they use the meta as a plot device like there were a lot of really cool creative moments in there where the characters not only realize that they're in a movie but use that to their advantage as well like near the end of the movie they are escaping from um, the antagonist, the uh, killer, I forgot Billy. his name, Billy, buddy, B- Billy. Uh, they're escaping from Billy, and they decide to transport themselves into a flashback to escape, um, which I think is a fantastic idea. It's a really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I did like that the minute narrative is just kind of all over the place um, in the movie, and they keep coming back to it over and over and over again. They never lose sight of that, which is really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so yeah, that works for me. I agree. When I also, I also like how you use kind of the trappings of the meta to kind of enforce the idea of like destiny or like not destiny but like inevitability. Because um, mm-hmm. like there's 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 the scene where like where like speaking of the flash, like you know the first time they do the flashback, the mom says it or somebody like mentions Billy, and then all of a sudden the script like takes control again, and all the characters are like, oh let's go talk about Billy. And they all like walk over in like a trance and sit down to talk about Billy, and it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I love that again like. I think I've watched this movie too many times. I start that to the point where I think when I start thinking about these characters as tragic characters trapped in their identities, <laughs> that's probably watched it too many times. But like, that's like again like this idea that like the story's kind of taken over. Um, mm-hmm. I love that, um, and, I, and I do love too. Like I love as these flashbacks come in, as like especially the unscripted flashbacks. So like when, when they use the flashback in the future, uh, in the light towards the end of the film, it's not a scripted flashback like it is in the movie. They kind of force it, and as a result of them forcing it, they like bump into shit. Like they knock over. They, I think like the, the car or something like knocks over one of the title cards or something because it's like mm-hmm. not supposed to be there. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was like a nice touch and like a nice kind of way to reflect on like yeah, like theoretically like this already happened in the movie. The movie's like the the context of this film is not expecting this to occur, and I thought that was great. I always thought that was really curious because I thought they were going to do it both times when we get the Billy origin story, which is just ridiculous. It's uh, basically Billy was a um, kid at the camp and he went to the outhouse and other kids were bullying him. So they tossed a bunch of firecrackers in the outhouse um, and he got badly, badly burned and scarred. So now he wants revenge on all the camp counselors through and through for all of that. But I always wondered what happened if like, in that flashback, the other characters were just like, fuck this, and then ran on over and prevented them from throwing the fireworks in. That's true. No, yeah, actually, I feel like that would be an interesting thing, like, you know, along with the final girl, like, you know, how like how, how the mother had to die. I think it would be interesting if they had to like, a rule in the context of the film that, like, they couldn't stop it. I think it would be cool to see them try and not be able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be the kind of interesting, like, you know, that that is a that is a fact in the universe. I forget. What do you... There's, like, a... There's something where they talk about time travel, and there's like things that you can't change in the universe. Doctor Who, there's like a, there are things that you can't change, and it would be like that. Uh, 
can't remember what, what they call them, but um, Doctor Who about rules about time travel. There, there's there's like something that there's there's like fun, like Nexus points something like no that that's Marvel. Doctor Who has no 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 rules about time travel. No, it's all timey whiny wibbly wobbly. No, stuff. There, well, there. See, <laughs> I know the episode you're thinking of, the one with Rose and her dad and everything. No, there's a few like because like, like that's actually part of what like I I love about like the, then kind of they ruined with Doctor Who later is like for a while they had these strict rules that they couldn't break, you couldn't change the specific things, and then I think the 11th doctor does and it's this holy shit moment and then from then on he does it mm-hmm. all the time and you're like wow <laughs> no more stakes okay bye bye series you're terrible okay um but anyway you know back to this movie final girls <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know i think yeah i agree with you i think i think that the meta worked really well and i think that like they did a really good job suturing you in um to it um and before we talk about the ending of the film which i think uh is a good point to discuss have you ever seen the movie last action hero uh, yes, I have. I actually saw that a lot as a kid. It was one of the movie videotapes we had, and we watched over and over and over again. It, it was a jam. But in reflection, mm-hmm. isn't this kind of like the like? And I, I feel weird saying the female version because obviously movies are meant for everybody. And like, but like, but the more the female perspective, female heroine version of that movie to a degree, because they're both about like a youngish person kind of getting over a loss through mm-hmm. interacting with movie characters. Uh, which I thought was like I didn't realize that before. And I was like, oh, that like these are very similar concepts. They are definitely, you know, for Lost Action Hero, it's obviously Schwarzenegger action movies, but this one right here is for horror movies. And I, I mean, there, definitely there is a lot because the mother daughter relationship is a huge part of that. And uh, both of us are cis males, and I'm sure there's a lot of personal reflection or personal experience that we miss because of it. But. Ultimately, I think they did a decent job yeah. presenting that. No, and I, I, I think I think like it, it's it's the idea that's universal. And again, I think I think it's uh, a lot of times like you know when they talk about kind of uh, films and the, like the voyeur or whatever. Like the 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 filmic lens is from the male perspective. Is what you know they always say that like you know it's from the male like most movies are from the, are viewed from the male perspective. It's why like the male gaze is such a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I think that this kind of proved and like as a result, a lot of people say that like you know you can't have. All right, that, that's like that was a lot of like dumb excuses for why like movies weren't starring women as much. It's like, oh, well, men are the one to pay to go see them, and like, which is bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you know, obviously this movie was directed by by a man, I believe. Um, but like, you know, it, it goes to show that like, you know the stories are universal regardless of the gender, and that like that's again that excuse is bullshit. Um, but I do think it's interesting um, that if we kind of compare the last action hero to this movie as kind of like analogs to each other or like if we do think of them as like the the fo- different focuses based on kind of the, the audience they're designed for or the story that they're telling like i think it is very telling that in the last action hero it, it is a lot about um what's the boy's name da- danny like you know it, it is about danny's relationship with his parents and his, like, i think his mom gets robbed something like that or in the early in the mm-hmm. movie i can't remember exactly you probably remember better than i do but like in the end, he's, there is still this big villain present throughout the whole thing, and the, and the the climax of the film is them beating that villain. Well, in this one, the climax is more like the, the the consolation between the mom and the daughter. Yeah, it's the daughter letting the mom go, basically, yeah. and uh, getting that closer closure that she never got before. In um, the third saddest trip teen sees I've seen this year. <laughs> wow! Wow! I, 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 I needed to bring that joke back. I hope, I hope mine is somewhere on there, though. <laughs> Like I, I just think that's interesting. Like I, I there was once I watched a um a TED talk about this guy talking about male and female movies and kind of like the ones that are geared towards what and like what makes a better movie. Like would you rather have the story of like Brave of like a mom and a daughter reconciling uh to defeat uh evil essentially or to overcome an obstacle or would you rather have like the boy going to go kill the villain and that's how it ends and it's like and like what stories are more valuable? What stories would you rather have your kids learn? 
and he like and he more pos- more or less posits that these like male go get it story aren't really like, really beneficial to kids in terms of like their development um and i think that that's kind of this idea i'm like well actually action hero is a fun movie and i loved it as a kid but like in terms of kids and messages and kind of emotional story i feel like a parody final girls horror slasher movie does that better i don't know mm-hmm. but yeah anyway no, i think it does a good job with that Anyway, uh, let's wrap this up. So any final thoughts on Final Girls? Well, I just want to wrap you up. Or not wrap you up. <laughs> wrap me up, baby. It, it's, it's probably that strip tease. Um, but <laughs> um, so the, the ending, uh, and again, I mean, this thing that we discussed a little bit last time, but like, uh, that, did you feel the ending? And again, like, we, we spoiled a lot. Um, I don't think that's, I think that's kind of what we do in this podcast. But like the ending, you know, the, the ending, they wake up and they're more or less in the second film. Um were you a fan of that ending? Would you have preferred a different ending? I I thought it was a good zener to end on. Definitely, it kind of left you feeling a little bit deflated. Um, but I mean, like you mentioned before, the emotional crux of this movie was Max letting go of her mother and gain, regaining that confidence. And the very, very final scene where she's just like, oh, hell no, and just immediately rushes to attack the bad guy shows that she's overcome that. So I feel like her character arc is complete in that way. And this is something we talked about before. If they did do a Final Girls 2, I would like them to explore something different. Mm -hmm. Like, not the Friday the 13th slasher genre, but maybe another horror genre. Because it it really, I I, I don't see anywhere else for it to go once that character arc is complete. It would just be retreating the same ground except worse. Yeah, no, and I was thinking about that too. Like, actually, you saying that reinforces it. Like, yeah, I don't know, like, they could make a sequel movie, but it would feel... I think there'd have to be some inspiration behind it, or just be a sequel for sequel's sake, like because yeah, like, you know, the story was closed with Max's coming to terms. Like the one, the only thing I could think of would be like some other character's journey. But I think a lot of the characters, like Vicky and them, like they their journey kind of came around, which is great. Like I guess her friend and Chris slash Alex's story didn't really go anywhere, but so I guess they could develop them, I suppose. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, I don't. I, I wouldn't want to see, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't want to see the sequel of Billy. I wouldn't want to see them survive the sequel of Billy because at that point, again, what's the story? What's the, like, I guess getting back to the real world, but that wasn't the point of the story, really. Like Getting back to normalcy wasn't the point of the story. The point of the story was Max no. having to turn to their mom, which hmm. which is kind of a weird story if you think about it. It like more or less leaves the major plot elements unresolved in order to resolve a character arc, which is great, but not usual in the film, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that looks weird. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know what I don't know what a sequel would look like, but I feel like last time we came up with something, but I can't remember what we came up with. Damn it! Damn it, Dan. People, just so you guys know, we had a great conclusion last time. I just don't know what it was. It was probably something really genius and amazing. So just imagine that right now. Imagine probably the most amazing thing you've ever heard of, like Skittles mixed with Reese's Pieces and M and M's. Something, something similar to that. <laughs> I honestly think that's what we brought it to because we kept interspacing it over and over and over again. All right, so uh, please uh, try your Skittles slash M&M slash Reese's Pieces combo and let us know on any of our social media accounts what you think uh, so we can settle this argument once and for all. I still have not personally tried the trifecta, but um, maybe that's something I could do. No, that's something I can do next week because I'm using my company's credit card when I'm traveling. And they'll be like, did you so, buy Reese's Skittles and M&M's? I'm like, yes. And like, what, what did you do They'll be like, them? don't judge me. <laughs> like, we don't allow that shit here. Fuck off. Uh, but well, before we go, Dan, actually, I mean, I mean to ask you have, you, have you watched any other movies you could suggest or any... Uh... Not at the moment. I got two on my list right now that I want to check out. What are those? Um, 
that. I have not probably one of these uh, tonight. Uh, Possessor, I've heard really, really oh, yeah. good things about. I'm forgetting about that. And also, too, someone uh, mentioned The Wailing, which is really good. Oh. Apparently, the director is coming up with another one, too. Yeah. Um, watch that. It's, it's Korean film, I think. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. So both of those are kind of on my list. I'm going to get around to them whenever I can get around to them. Nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I've, been, I've heard really good things about The Possessor. I need to check that out at some point. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much to our opening band. That is Teddy's Atlas with the Son Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They're good, good Canadian boys. Do we have our next episode planned um, yet? Did we still want to do Ouija, Ouija Shark? Ouija, Ouija Shark? We did want to do Ouija Shark because like, I wanted to make a whole bunch of baby shark jokes. Oh, yeah, baby shark. Do, 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 do. That might be a, one, a fun one to explain the plot of. That I think that will be like a fun one. Like I, I know we don't, we've, we've, so we have, as of this season, uh, not been doing as much like plot explanation and just kind of more discussion i think that one might be fun to explain the plot of because it's probably shitty um, so i feel like that one might be fun for that i don't know i think that would be i good imagine one, there's yeah. not much plot so it'll, like the plot explanation will be like a few sentences and that'll be done <laughs> sounds good all right awesome well uh thank you so much for listening all and have a wonderful day bye